0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Genres. Um So, yeah, in this episode, we're going to be looking at Progress Wrestling. It's been a little while since we've uh, reviewed a Progress show. Uh, I believe it was Chapter 79. We did that a few weeks ago. Now, I was hoping to review Chapter 80 and 81, didn't get around to doing it. Really wanted to catch up with uh, the more recent episodes. So we're going to be looking at chapter 82 today, uh, which was entitled Unboxing Live. Um, and it was uh, it was live on the 30th of December 2018 from the Electric Ballroom in Camden. So this is the third unboxing show from Progress where nobody really knows what the matches will be until the wrestlers come out to the ring. Uh, so that's really exciting for everybody, uh, especially those uh, live in attendance, watching at home. Uh, it creates a really fun and interesting show, a little bit uh, different, a little bit unique. Uh, you don't often get wrestling shows where you don't know what the uh, the card is uh, before it actually starts. So uh, now the, the last time we covered progress was Chapter 79. Uh, and I, I, like I said, I thought I'd skip a few episodes through to the show that was on the 30th of December, uh, which was quite a significant show for a number of reasons, as you'll find out towards the end of this review. We start the show with the usual introductions and banter from Jim Smallman. Uh, Always fun and great way to start the progress shows. Uh, It wouldn't be the same without Jim and his introductions. The first person coming out to the ring tonight was Trent Seven. So we know we're going to get an Atlas Division uh, title defence and open challenge. Uh, Trent opens show to defend his uh, Atlas Division Championship, and as per his stipulations, he tends to defend the Atlas title in an open challenge. Uh, but who will his opponent be in this unboxing show tonight? To the loud appreciation of the fans in the electric ballroom, it is none other than the Los Federales Super Santos Jr., who is of course one half of the renowned tag team, the Anti-Fun Police. Loud anti-fun chants from the fans in Camden as he appears to be coming uh, coming across as the babyface in this match most definitely before the bell rings with Trent playing the unfamiliar role as a heel um, as he defends his Atlas Division Championship tonight. The match starts with a super uh, super long collar and elbow tie-up. Uh, for comedic purposes, I hope. Certainly haven't seen a collar and elbow tie-up as long as that before. However, things turn serious when the referee finds a loaded finger gun. Uh, yes, a loaded finger gun, everybody. Uh, in the trunks of Santos Jr. Uh, Santos Jr. takes control of the loaded weapon before the gun gets thrown up into the air. Before eventually, after what seems like a good 30 seconds, gets caught by Trent Seven. Who waves the deadly uh, weapon, uh, the finger gun, at his opponent then the referee, then the fans before shooting himself in the head with loud cries of uh, encouragement for uh, Super Santos Junior to pin Trent Seven as he lays motionless on the canvas after just shooting himself in the head with a loaded finger gun. Santos Junior goes in as quiet as a mouse for the cover, but Trent uh, was only playing, playing possum. Um, and hook Santos Jr. for a roll-up with Santos kicking out just before the three count. Uh, the match continues with some solid chops and a DDT from Santos Jr. As, uh, Super Santos Jr. hits a fantastic handspring back kick, sending Seven to the outside before sitting Seven in on the lap of a fan at ringside, uh, getting ready for a few chops on his opponent. Santos executes a brilliant release German suplex and a big splash in the corner, however Seven makes a quick comeback from this exchange with his patented Dragon suplex before nailing Santos Jr. with a wicked Seven-style aerial. but Trent could only get a two-count on that occasion. Santos hits a top rope splash directly onto the legs and uh, the apparent injured left knee of Trent Seven for a very close near fall yet again. And in the spot of the night, Seven catches Santos on the top turnbuckle for a stunning superplex for a two count of his own. Then Seven half manages to execute a pile driver on his opponent. Uh, For another close near fall, the crowd really bit on that one and thought that it was all over. However, Santos lives to fight on, um, at least for now. Seven not satisfied with the last effort, goes for a second pile driver, this time hitting it perfectly, allowing Seven to cover. This time getting the three count victory in this very entertaining match, uh, full of uh, comedy, full of high spots, full of close near falls. And the match went 15 minutes, a really good opener. Both men get a loud ovation for the fans to say hug in the ring to end this super entertaining first match of the night. Match number two, uh, we see the first uh, entrant for this match, Spike Trivet. Spike Trivet? Yeah, Spike Trivet. So Spike was uh, first accompanied to the stage area by Chuck Mambo, um, William Evers, Andrew Parker, however, um, he walks to the ring by himself as he gets ready for his unannounced opponent, or could it be opponents uh, in this match? First off, we see the Kiwi bustle, Travis Banks, however, that is not all, as Mark Haskins' music plays for his entrance, making him the third person in this match. Uh, he is accompanied as always by his uh, lovely wife Vicky Haskins Uh, the final competitor for this match is Chris Ridgeway and this should be a super strong four way match Uh, but then oh no we see at the entrance of uh, Shirahiro Eri E uh, then soon to be followed by the long time indie favourite Jody Fleiss who gets an amazing reception from this amazingly hyped crowd in the Camden Ballroom ahead of his uh, Progress Wrestling debut amazingly there we have it. We have a six-way match involving some of the hottest and best wrestlers to ever step foot inside a Progress Ring. Haskins starts the match with a thunderous kick to the face of Treve, sending him clean through the ropes. Which Haskins follows up with a dive onto Treve on the outside. In one spot early on, Haskins hits Spike Treve and Chris Ridgeway on top of each other on a seat at ringside, but before Haskins could deliver his planned move onto his two prone opponents at ringside, uh, Iriey launches himself at Haskins with an almighty pounce sending him into the second row. The same fate was handed to Travis Banks as well, as he also gets launched into the fans for his troubles at the hands of Iriey, before Iriey launches himself like a steam train onto the seated Ridgeway and Trivet uh, with an almighty running cannibal sent on. That was pretty awesome. And it also goes to show you that you take your life in your hands when you're sitting on the floor or near the front row at a progress show. This match was super stiff from the start, especially with exchanges between Haskins and Banks, and then Ridgeway and Banks with some crippling kicks and chops from those three competitors. Spike Trevey gets the shit kicked out of him by Ridgeway, Banks and Haskins, uh, effectively wiping out uh, wiping him out of the match, at least for the time being. Then Spike Treve starts to pay members of the ring crew to execute dives onto the waiting Eerie uh, E on the outside, uh, each of them being brushed aside easily by the uh, super strong Japanese wrestler. This turned this portion of the match into a bit of a comedy spot uh, from what was previously a super stiff six-way. After giving away all of his cash, he starts to pay the crew with PayPal. Um, The fun soon ends when Irie makes his way back into the ring to throw Treve out of the ring himself, onto the waiting collection of ring crew guys, as Treve is unceremoniously dumped onto his head in the process. Then Jodie snails an outstanding springboard shooting star press onto the collection of bodies on the outside. That was another awesome spot in this very unique six-man match. Irie then drops Haskins with a pole driver onto the body of Jodie Fleisch in the centre of the ring before Haskins puts Banks into a sharpshooter. The crowd are absolutely loving this. The end of the match comes after another super stiff striking exchange between Chris Ridgway and Erie before Ridgway puts Erie into a submission hold, effectively tying both of his arms behind his back before grapevining his right leg and with Erie unable to move and in immense pain has no other option but to give up. That was a really fun match, although I'm not sure about the comedy spot with the ring crew uh, members diving out of the ring one at a time, whether it was really necessary. But hey, what do I know? Nevertheless, if it was all done to set up the Jodie Fly springboard shooter star press, then I'm fine with that. Uh, and it was great to see Ridgeway take a win um, in the second match of the night. Previous episodes of uh wrestling genres focusing on progress has unfortunately seen Chris Ridgeway on the losing side. This time he's a winner and a very worthy winner at that. Ginny is up next. She's the Progress Women's Champion going to be defending a Progress Women's Championship tonight but who is she up against? So the the fashionista Ginny comes out to the ring um, seconded by her stable mate Laura Di Matteo but who will her opponent be as she defends her Progress Championship on this unboxing live show? It is Jordan Grace. Uh, She comes out to huge ovation from the audience in the ballroom. And if you haven't seen Jordan Grace wrestle before, then she is certainly a sight to behold. The last time we covered Jordan Grace on Wrestling with was back in episode 11 of the podcast when we covered chapter 79 uh, from Progress back in November. Uh, then she was facing Isla Dawn. However, she did face and beat Tony Storm at chapter 81, which was one of the uh, chapters we did not cover on Wrestling with Jonas. But tonight she is the surprise opponent for the Progress Women's Champion Jenny. There's a really good exchange of ground holds between these two outstanding wrestlers, but the pace does soon pick up with Grace steamrolling over Ginny with a shoulder tackle off the ropes. Ginny soon takes the upper hand after Di Matteo interferes, but this is short-lived as Grace sends Ginny flying across the ring with a huge pounce to a massive pop from the fans in attendance, leaving Ginny folded over upside down on the bottom rope, which was her only salvation to being sent flying to the outside on that move from Grace. Jordin misses a Vader bomb um, out of the corner, allowing Ginny to take advantage with an STO in the corner for a two count. During this exchange, Laura Di Matteo is chased to the back by Nina Samuels, turning this championship match into a fair one-on-one contest. Grace misses a, a set of running double knees into the corner with Ginny following up with a basement drop kick, nailing Grace in the corner, but can only get a one count with Grace grabbing hold of the bottom rope to break the cover. Grace recovers to nail two successive slams on Ginny, followed by a stunning Mishinoku driver for a very close near fall. Grace batters Ginny with several stiff clotheslines to the front and then the back of the champion before laying in a super stiff lariat. Grace is finally able to execute a set of double knees, then a running cannonball sent on onto the prone Ginny in the corner, before eventually hitting her Vader bomb for the cover, but only for a two counts yet again. The the fans are really behind this match chanting, this is progress. Grace appears to block an X-Factor from Ginny, but the champion makes a brief comeback by reversing a suplex attempt from Grace into a DDT. This match is super hot, definitely the match of the night so far as we reach the 12 minute mark. Ginny lands her second acid rainmaker Lariat for a very close sniff all of her own. Ginny then kicks out of a running power bomb from Grace, but she could not kick out of Jordan Grace's next move, a pump handle driver for the impressive win, taking home the Progress Wrestling Women's Championship in this very good match that went 13 minutes. Jeannie was a great progress champion, Uh, but now this is the era of Jordine Grace, and I can't wait to see who she runs through next. Huge cheers of approvals from the fans in the ballroom as she walks to the back with her belt held high above her head. Next match, Chris Brooks. Now, who will he be facing? So Chris Brooks is the first man out in the fourth match of the evening representing CCK. His opponent will be Drew Parker, member of Do Not Resuscitate Stable. It was announced prior to the start of the match that this will be a no-DQ, hardcore death match between Chris Brooks and Drew Parker. Within the first five minutes of the match, Brooks has already set up two tables in the outside before finding a staple gun, which he soon puts to use, stapling the ring apron to the head of Drew Parker, before smashing Parker with a solid steel chair shot to the head. Then Brooks grabs a hammer that Parker brought to the ring uh, before trying to extract some of Parker's teeth using the very same hammer. Then Brooks pulls out what appears to be some sandpaper which he uses to cut along the the septum of Parker's nose before raking the sandpaper across Parker's forehead. This match has escalated quickly with Drew Parker dropping Brooks through one of the tables previously set up on the outside. Brooks is then driven through the same table, this time uh, set up at an angle against the uh, ring apron and the floor. Parker then takes his turn to use the staple gun on the forehead of Chris Brooks. Brooks is able to hit back with a, a senton, then a, back, uh, a brain buster for a two count. All the while trying to pick the staples out of his own forehead. Then uh, a ladder gets introduced into the match with Parker getting slammed into the ladder at ringside. Uh, Brooks gets nailed with a Michinoku driver onto the ladder before being covered for a close near fall. Just when you think that these two wrestlers have introduced everything into the ring uh, and everything into the match, Brooks brings out four steel chairs, which both, uh, w- which both men use as weapons. The match goes to the outside again, where Brooks utilises the second table, driving Parker through with a Niagara driver, breaking the table in two. The match looks to be over when Brooks nails Parker with a praying mantis bomb through the chairs in the centre of the ring, when William Evers makes a return, pulling the referee out of the ring before he can count to three. Chuck Mambo also gets involved with a white noise slam, allowing Parker to cover, but only for a two count. Parker then gets out a a Christmas stocking full of Christmas tree glass baubles. Now, this may not immediately appear to be dangerous, but have you ever stood on a Christmas bauble before? Um, Those things are made of glass and they will shatter into a million small pieces that will stab right into the flesh uh, of your foot or your back or wherever in an instant. There's also thumbtacks scattered in amongst these glass baubles. And with that, Parker tries to suplex Chris Brooks from the top turnbuckle onto the baubles and thumbtacks in the centre of the ring. And on his second attempt, does finally manage to hit the suplex. That was violent. Chuck Mambo gets involved as he is driven headfirst into the tacks for his troubles. I bet he wish he hadn't got involved there. The match finally comes to an end after Drew Parker nails Brooks in the side of the head with an actual spike before executing a fisherman suplex onto the thumbtacks, keeping the leg hooked for the cover and the one two three. They then position Brooks with a chair on each of his limbs, the very same way that they put Jimmy Havoc out of action in November until the music of CCK starts up again. This time Chris Brooks's tag team partner Kid Lycos comes running down to the ring to make the save, clearing the heels from the ring before they could put Chris Brooks out of action the very same way they did Jimmy Havoc. To be perfectly honest with you, my expectations were a little on the low side going into this match but Drew Parker and Chris Brooks pulled off one hell of a hardcore match with a ton of weapons being used and a ton of innovative moves uh, in using all of those weapons uh, both in and outside of the ring. That was a lot of fun with Drew Parker finally getting the pin um, after a fair bit of outside interference I have to mention from Mambo, Evers and Treve Uh, the match went 22 minutes that just goes to show that Progress definitely know how to do hardcore matches, even without Jimmy Havoc being involved. Finishing Move Limited, specialising in simple, stylish, and versatile items to elevate your everyday. Check out their Instagram at Finishing Move Limited and find their elevated essentials range at finishingmovelimited.com. Then there's a super pose down in the spirit of the Ultimate Warrior and Ravishing Rick Rude between Brandon and Joel, the Progress Match Day referees. Uh, That that was a bit of a fun and a nice touch uh, with Joel winning the pose down after taking off his referee shirt. Then we get the match between Aussie Open uh, and uh, who their opponents be. So Aussie Open, Mark Davis and Carl Fletcher, um, the current reigning Progress Tag Team Champions. I think they're defending it for the fifth time in this match. But who will they be facing off against in this unboxing live championship match? Paul Robinson is the first person to appear through the curtains, and his partner is Will Osprey, former Progress re- regular and current New Japan never open weight champion, and one half of the Swords of Essex with Paul Robinson, um, of course. Osprey gets a huge ovation from the fans in the ballroom, and this match should be a lot of fun. We've already seen one title change on this show already. Uh, will this be the second title to change hands tonight? Huge dueling chance of Aussie Open and Swords of Essex from the passionate audience. Uh, the last time we spoke about Carl Fletcher on Wrestling with uh, was when he had the match of the night against Trent Seven in a match for the Atlas Division Championship at Chapter 79. The last time the Swords of Essex were seen inside a Progress wrestling ring was in Chapter 11, I believe, all the way back in 2014. Mark Davis doesn't hang around as he sends Robinson flying across the ring with a huge shoulder barge, leading to Robinson tagging out to Will Ospreay. Osprey points to Fletcher and says that he wants him. Uh, Fletcher is seen as the younger, more agile and more athletic member of the team of Aussie Open. And there should be an excellent ex- exchange between Osprey and the Aussie Arrow Carl Fletcher as Davis tags out. Osprey greets Fletcher with a wicked chop across the chest. Uh, Robinson is soon uh, tagged in and is immediately manhandled by Mark Davis once again. And in one of the spots of the match Robinson connects with the Hurricane runner on the winning apron sending Davis to the outside. Will Ospreay follows us up with a leaping sunset powerbomb over the top rope, sending Carl Fletcher onto his partner Mark Davis on the floor. That was pretty special. Paul Robinson suffers a nasty cut to the back of his head after possibly colliding with his own partner, but Robinson could care less as he tastes his own blood. Uh, then, then first few minutes were like a car crash, with Robinson and Osprey tagging regularly, keeping control of the match in their corner of the ring. Ospreay and Robinson look very sharp on some of their uh, double-team moves inside the ring, and it is noted that Robinson and Ospreay have known each other from a very young age. Aussie open, make a brief comeback until the Swords of Essex execute a backcracker and a lung-blower combo on Mark Davis. However, in the move of the night so far, Ospreay has Robinson up on his shoulders, ready to launch the smaller Robinson onto a prone Mark Davis on the canvas. However, just as Robinson is about to send Robinson off into midair and onto uh, Davis on the on the canvas, Kyle Fletcher comes from out of nowhere with an incredible RKO, bringing Robinson back down to earth from at least seven feet up in the air. That was something special and a move that Robinson was sure uh, not likely to forget in a hurry. There's another face off between Fletcher and Osprey with Fletcher being one of the brightest prospects in the wrestling world and Osprey already one of the best. And to have these two in the ring together for this match is something pretty special in my opinion. Fletcher tells Osprey to bring the chops seemingly not having a desire, the desired effect uh, on the slightly bigger Carl Fletcher. Fletcher nails Osprey with uh, a last ride powerbomb. Ospreay and Robinson show off their aerial prowess in a stunning, with a stunning handspring somersault sent on over the top rope onto Aussie Open from Will Ospreay there, followed by a corkscrew moonsault from the top turnbuckle to the outside from Paul Robinson. That was a great series of high-flying moves from the Swords of Essex. This match is getting better and better. Uh, Paul Robinson manages to kick out of Aussie Open's finisher, uh, the assisted diamond cutter for the closest near falls in this match so far. We see a double shooting star press from the Swords of Essex, uh, but only for another two counts. Robinson follows up with a wicked curb stomp onto Carl Fletcher for another close near fall. Uh, So many close near falls in this match, and that one in particular had everyone biting. The end of the match comes after Osprey smashes Mark Davis across the head with one of the progress tag title belts before the Swords of Essex execute their double team finisher for the win in this outstanding match. Paul Robinson went straight to the back with a suspected concussion, along with that massive cut to the back of his head, which he battled virtually the whole match with. Uh, It did appear that Ospreay did have to guide Robinson through much of the match, especially towards the end. But I have to say that that was one of the best tag matches I've seen in a long time and definitely deserves a watch if you haven't done so already, and especially if you're a fan of tag team wrestling the Pride of Wales, Eddie Dennis makes his way to the ring uh, to face yet another mystery opponent in in this uh, second-to-last match of the night. Despite being a heel, the fans are appreciative of Eddie Dennis performing in a progress ring tonight. That is until the music of Walter starts, uh, but it isn't the ring general that comes out. Instead, it's Marcel Bartel, former ring camp colleague of Walter and now NXT and NXT UK superstar. This will be a great showcase for Bartel, who has been getting a lot of exposure on NXT UK over recent weeks and, of course, wrestled many times for progress as the formal Axel Dieter Jr. Uh, a couple of years back. Eddie Dennis has been uh, on, a, on a real kind of winning streak of late, especially here in progress, with uh, recent wins over Mark Andrews at Wembley, Speedball Mike Bailey, and more recently former Progress Wrestling Champion Mark Haskins at Chapter 79. Tonight, he goes up against a former WXW champion and one of the most talented wrestlers to get signed by the WWE and a longtime Marcel Bartel. Once again, some really stiff spots from these two with some excellent back-and-forth action. Eddie Dennis came away the winner of this match after 13 minutes following a crucifix buckle bomb on Bartel, finishing with his next stop driver for the win and a fourth straight chapter victory for the Pride of Wales. Uh, Bartel gets a standard ovation at the end of this match. As his music plays to lead him back to the locker room. Then we're on to our main event. The first competitor out for this main event is Tyler Bate. First ever WWE UK champion. His opponent, the bruiserweight Pete Dunne. So this was billed as a rematch to the greatest British wrestling match of the modern era. And yes, if you saw that match at NXT TakeOver Chicago from two years ago, I'm sure that you would agree that it was the match of 2017 and one of the greatest matches in British wrestling history. Here is the rematch between stablemates and best friends with the former WWE UK champion Tyler Bate taking on the current UK champion and former Progress World champion, the Bruiserweight Pete Dunne. One thing is for sure, at the beginning of this match, Tyler Bate is amazingly strong and he proves this after powering himself into a standing position, no less, after being on his back, demonstrating his awesome neck strength, back strength and leg strength while supporting the weight of Peter Dunn on his torso. Um, Quite simply stunning. Some impressive mat work in the first five minutes of this match, showing clearly how well these two guys know each other. That was until Dunn absolutely walloped Tyler with a wicked forearm before throwing him through the ropes and to the outside. Dunn has had enough with all the fun stuff, dumping Tyler onto the ring apron with an X-Plex. This match has got very serious all of a sudden, and Pete slaps Tyler Bate hard across the face, flooring the big strong boy in the process. We've gone from first gear to fifth gear in only 30 seconds. The pace has definitely picked up. Tyler pulls out one of his patented airplane spins before lifting Dunn up with a gorilla press before nailing Dunn with a European uppercut on his way down. The two then get into an exchange of stiff punches and slaps before Bait literally gets the upper hand flooring Pete Dunn with a solid right hand. Plenty of big moves from the two. We've uh, Dunn hitting Tyler with a running power bomb and Tyler nailing Pete Dunn with an incredible delayed exploder suplex from the second turnbuckle. As the match enters its 25th minute mark, Dunn hits Tyler with an uppercut before hitting the first bitter end of the match, but only for a close near fall, a two count on this occasion. Before both wrestlers start slugging it out once again with super stiff punches and slaps before Tyler executes a beautiful rolling kick and his Tyler driver 97 for another close near fall. Huge this is progress Chance from the crowd before Tyler delivers a stunning dive over the top rope onto his opponent on the outside. Some super quick exchanges from these two including a brutal German suplex from Dunn and a cyclone kick followed by a slingshot clothesline from Tyler Bate. In one of the spots of the night Tyler drops Dunn on the edge of the ring with a delayed German suplex before both men crash to the hard wooden floor uh, ringside. That was hard to watch, and that made everyone hold their breath for a second there. Then after sending Tyler into the second row with a wicked forearm, Pete turns Bate upside down for a tombstone driver on the hard floor on the outside. Dunn hits his better end tombstone in the centre of the wing, but only for a two count on that occasion, despite all the punishment Pete Dunn has put Tyler Bate through in the last few minutes. Pete then puts an exclamation point by viciously stomping on Tyler Bate's head. Tyler attempts a bitter end of his own, only for Dunn to turn it into a DDT. Dunn goes for a second better end pile driver on bait, only for him to reverse it into a twisting tombstone pile driver from out of nowhere. Tyler then executes a package driver for a two count, then a twisting senton from the top rope onto Dunn for another very close near fall. The end of the match comes when Pete Dunn takes hold of Tyler Bates' right hand and starts to viciously snap away at Tyler's fingers, finally getting the submission victory after 37 minutes. That was a great match and an excellent way to say goodbye to two of the greatest British wrestlers of the modern era as he step away from the indie circuit before working for the WWE on a full-time basis loud British strong style charts as Bates and try to take it all in as the show comes to a close and I'm sure that this is only goodbye for now and not forever however we will continue to cover their careers on wrestling with genres as we cover NXT UK and whatever uh, show they appear on on the WWE Network in the future and that also brings us uh, to a close for Chapter 82, Unboxing Live. The highlights for me I love the Progress Women's Championship match between Ginny and Jordan Grace, with Grace becoming the new Progress Women's Champion. The hardcore match between Chris Brooks and Drew Parker was another highlight, with some hard to watch stunts from both men in that match. Uh, I love the tag titles match as well. Between the Swords of Essex, Paul Robinson and Will Ospreay versus Aussie Open, giving us new tag team championship possibly the the best match of the night and uh, one of the best tag team matches I've seen in a long time. Then finally, the main event between Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne. That was a stunning and hard hitting match going 37 minutes and what a way to say goodbye to Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne as they say goodbye to the indie scene for the final time and that's also goodbye for uh, now from me. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of Wrestling With Jonas. Stay tuned for more Wrestling With Jonas with our next episode, uh, which will be episode 20, focusing on the go-home show of NXT as we head towards NXT TakeOver Phoenix taking place this Saturday night. On our next episode, we will also provide a full preview of the TakeOver card as well as a full preview of the Royal Rumble card the following day, Sunday evening. Both of these two cards look amazing. I can't wait to talk about those two cards on the next episode, which will drop on Saturday. In the meantime, keep listening to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, YouTube, Stitcher and wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to hit that like button and don't forget to subscribe and to shout about Wrestling With Jonas if you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions or simply want to get in touch with the podcast, you can email me at uh, wrestlingwithjonas@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also get in touch via our Twitter page at withjohnners underscore pod visit our YouTube page, just simply search Wrestling With Johnners. You can follow us now on Instagram at Wrestling With Johnners. I'll be back next week for another episode of Wrestling With Johnners, but in the meantime, please like, subscribe, share this episode, tell your friends, tell your family if you enjoyed what you heard. Until next time, speak to you all soon.